Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Sheree Sandal. Episode 52, Anxiety is Self-Indulgent. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. It's the end goal of all we become in this life. You treat differently what you want to last forever. A wise man said that in this current day and age, women will be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. Well, I was once listening to a podcast and this uh, lady who was talking had been in those ice storms that happened down in Texas that were so uncharacteristic of that climate. And she was talking to a coach and the coach was trying to help her calm down from some of the injustices that that lady felt like she was living through. She thought that her employers were unfair and it made her come under a lot of mental stress. And in fact, as she was talking on this podcast, in the very moment, she had no electricity at that time. Yet she was all very concerned about not getting paid for what she was doing because of the ice storms. And she sounded downright spoiled and demanding. And the coach asked, well, what is it that you want? And I could just imagine all of us listening are thinking, this lady is just a total entitled spoiled taker. But the coach asked, what is it that you want? And she said, well, I think that the employers, my employers should pay me fully for the money we have not been able to earn because the power has been out and these ice storms have wreaked havoc on our lives. And what I figured is her motivation and her actions supported avenging her wrongs, but underneath it all was same, some anxiety but it came out as entitlement. So as the coach sat there and talked to her, pretty soon she kind of calmed down a little. And and I think probably me and others were thinking, well, first of all, you don't even have the power on. So how can you be complaining about the paycheck you're not getting yet? Second of all, the employers are probably also not thinking about the money at that time. Maybe they're just trying to get food on their table too. So why are you, lady, being so concerned about this situation that is still unfolding? And not only that, but you didn't actually work for anything. So maybe you just understand that sometimes you don't get paid for a time that you don't work. I mean, does that kind of make sense that you don't get paid for what you're not working for? So we were, I think, kind of listening with this thought of why does this lady think that she is so deserving of all this stuff? But anyway, so it comes down to an underpinning feeling of anxiety that we don't know why she was so anxious, how she wasn't getting her paycheck, but there obviously was a reason. And she was in the middle of chaos with no electricity. And how did she even have the electricity to fire up her phone, you know, like, really. But anyway, so I think there was anxiety underneath that. Well, a little bit later, I was talking to a woman who I've known for a little while, and she said, well, you must be a a shy person because I don't know you very well. And I thought, well, I guess I'm shy, but I used to really be shy. In school, I I was voted as the biggest talker not when we graduated. 
you know, this is back in the 90s when not is what <laughs> everyone would say. You look like a clown. Not. We just always added the not onto the end and everyone thought that was so funny. But so I responded to this lady who had said, you must be shy. I said, yes, I used to be quite shy, but I'm trying to pull out of that. And I've since discovered that it's actually rather self-indulgent to be shy because it's selfish taking on that power onto yourself to think that you have so much sway in how other people react to you. And you actually kind of get um, favored and spoiled a little bit by others who know that you're shy, so they're not going to ask you to do something hard. There's kind of a lot of reasons how being shy can be self-indulgent, but my reason that I'm going to talk about today for self-indulgence is anxiety. So why could anxiety be self-indulgent? Because it kind of stemmed from that thought about shy. If you're shy, you're self-indulgent. Well, why would it not also count for anxiousness? There are so many people nowadays who are anxious. And so many people on meds because they can't handle what life is giving them. So why, then, would anxiety be self-indulgent? So think of your own reasons for a second. Why could that possibly be? Because usually we kind of just have compassion on these people to say, Oh, they're, they're suffering. They're anxious. They're worried. Oh, we should try to lessen their worries and not give them more than they can handle. Or we could say, there's something wrong here. Why are so many people anxious right now? Why are so many kids and teenagers so anxious and having hard times and even getting suicidal? So as I sat here thinking about it, here are my reasons. Well, anxiety assumes you have more control and power than you actually do. And your reaction is to be anxious. Anxiety assumes you can control others into doing things your way, which may work in the short term, but it backfires in the long run because other people get resentful when you are trying to get them to play into your plans. Your acceptance is conditional upon other people accepting you since you must do whatever it takes to be acceptable, which is very self-serving in feeding your ego. So if you're anxious, like let's say socially anxious, that other people might not like you and so you even have more anxiety, well, that's actually about feeding your ego. You're not taking care of things. You're kind of falling to the excuse of anxiety. Anxiety assumes you are not enough. So you have to do more, which requires more resources and effort and self-attention. So again, you're taking stuff into your own hands, which maybe wouldn't have to happen if you weren't going to anxiety. Anxiety takes more curiosity and concern off of other people because you have it on yours. And then you're not able to learn about others like you potentially could. You're overly concerned about yourself 
And so more attention has been spent on yourself than on others due to anxiety. Anxiety keeps you wrapped up in yourself so you can't reach out to others as much. So you are loving yourself more than others because of the things that create anxiety that keep you anchored and not productive. So it kind of keeps you stuck and you're not reaching out to others because you're so concerned about yourself. Anxiety means you are not living true to yourself, which means perhaps you have erroneously served others when you should have actually served yourself. So then you have to overcompensate and serve yourself later instead of equally loving neighbor as self. So even though we do need to have good self-care, if it gets to be so one-sided and you're so concerned about all the things that you're doing that, that could create anxiety, then you can't actually give and take fairly equally. It's more about taking. Anxiety is a side effect of being unadaptable because if things don't go as planned, you must accommodate and compensate for your not being able to go with what is happening, which gives more attention to you than to the processes or people that could play out more natural to itself or themselves if you just let it happen. So anxiety is about unadaptability as well. Anxiety assumes things that may never work your way, and so you are always on guard and overtaking in your area to fend off the results of what you think could happen not in your favor. So in other words, you become defensive. And when you are defensive, it's hard to give because you're all about taking in the defensive mindset. You may have a fear that you'll do something embarrassing. It will put you on the spot, give you undue attention, so you selfishly hoard the possibility that something human will happen instead of being fallible. You selfishly withhold being open to others in the guise of not making mistakes. So someone who is anxious may be afraid of making mistakes. The next one really, to me, is the crux of everything. When I'm feeling anxious, oftentimes the case is that I don't fully trust God and his time for me. I'm not trusting that whatever is happening is just right, if, even if it doesn't seem the best in that moment. So anxiety is a byproduct of not trusting God. Also, you don't trust man and whatever processes that create whatever result you are fearing, which means that you don't have faith in others and you think that you must hold all of the faith for yourself. So anxiety could be all about trying to be so strong unto yourself that you can't reach outside yourself, which means that you are taking things in and not able to give. And so that is selfish. Well, let's boil all this down all these points that I've talked about, and I'm sure there's many more, but these are just the ones that came to my brain. And in a nutshell, you try to take control where you shouldn't. You think you have more power over others than you do. You are not adaptable. You have to compensate for things that work in the short run 
which means you take more energy and effort yourself. And you are fearful and unfaithful. But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let me insert this little caveat. I have been diagnosed with anxiety, so I'm not just pointing fingers. I'm saying these are the thoughts that have run through my brain, and I can see how it's self-indulgent. To be thinking this way, that really actually doesn't make sense. It just It's like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Well, so what can you do instead? And these are things that I have done myself as I've worked through anxiety, which, by the way, I didn't know I had anxiety. I was in visiting a therapist for another person when the the therapist turned to me and said, you are exhibiting a lot of signs of anxiety. You may want to talk to somebody. And of course, I was offended thinking, this is just the way I am. This is my personality and just my own little characteristics. And it's just who I am. But now that I've had some help, I see what it feels like to be so much calmer when you work through things. So I've done a lot of things. In fact, I've done a lot of things with nutrition that's been helpful. For example, adaptogenic herbs, which help you calm down. Like I've been taking Tulsi for that, which is holy basil in a tea form. But I want to talk about some of the things that we do that we that keep us stuck well okay i should say i've talked about the things that keep us stuck and this is what we could do instead well first of all trust trust god and others things are happening and you don't have to do things alone have faith in god and others again that the timeline is happening and unfolding just right surrendering to God and others. Stop thinking that you have so much power that you have to do everything yourself or that you can't even possibly do it yourself. Just surrender it. Give it up. Let other people help. Let God have other people be his hands in your behalf. To do instead also is letting go about caring so much so much about what other people think. That's going to create a lot of anxiety. Letting go of your high standards. Just be okay with B minus work. That's my new motto is B minus. Let go of A plus. Another thought too is the concept that fighting is better than fearing. So if you access your tenacity and determinedness inside yourself, you can move forward in a way that kind of steps on the face of anxiety and actually moves where you want to be instead because you have a fighting spirit, which, like I said, it's going to be kind of more tenacious and stubborn than necessarily pumping your fists. But that seems to beat anxiety because it has some positive energy behind it in trying to really get the thing that you want instead of just blaming it on the things that you have no control over. Then I'm going to add humility and meekness propped up with confidence. Because if you go out there and all of a sudden you're like, I know everything, and you have that chip on your shoulder, 
Well, that's not what we're after either. We don't go from anxiety to suddenly just thinking that the world revolves around us. But when we have humility to be humble and teachable, along with a degree of confidence, then we don't have to be that egocentric person that people don't like to be around. So it is a balance. But I think that that beats living in that zone of anxiety. So then let's talk about the potential goddess. Well, the ultimate goddess who we aspire to be is simply not a being of anxiety. So why should we even be in that space now? If we're planning on being a goddess, why should we entertain the thought of anxiety? The potential goddess has compassion on herself and on others so that anxiety becomes a non-issue. It makes me think about a little toddler or like maybe even a, like a two-year-old who was just learning something and suddenly they did something that we might consider really embarrassing like stumble and fall or shout or laugh maybe when it wasn't appropriate and, and it's okay. Like you don't have to sit there and wonder, oh, what did I do that someone's not going to like and get all anxious about the results of what that thing might be? Can we just be like a little two-year-old who is just okay and without guile and just move forward and, and accept whatever happened and whoever we are? The thing, though, I think about this goddess who we are all striving to become is that she will remember anxiety from her life. And how not to do it because it doesn't become her. It's not really who a goddess is, but she can remember it enough to know, oh yeah, I remember what that was like. Because there's even a part of me right now that looks back to five years ago. I'm like, oh yes, I remember. For example, if we went camping, we would get to the spot where we are going to camp. And suddenly I would be overwhelmed with everything that had to happen. And I would sit there and I would just be clenching my hands together and just breathing deeply, closing my eyes and trying to think of what the next thing to do would be. Now my family had already started unloading the sleeping bags and the tent poles and getting everything going. And I'm still sitting there trying to get into that feeling of where I am okay to get moving. I'm kind of stuck in this thought of there's so much that has to happen to get all of our beds ready. There's so much that has to happen with the food and the plans for what we're going to be doing and the kids who are having problems and they can't find their shoes and whatever. And I would just sit there and finally be able to talk myself into moving one foot in front of the other. And then when my husband had thrown everything into the tent that he'd put up with the, the boys, I would go inside there and I would know what would have to happen. I know I have to get this air mattress blown up for however many people. And I know I have to I have to roll out the sleeping bags and put in the pillows and put all of our luggage at the top and bottom of where we're staying and put out a little rug outside the tent so we can get our shoes out. But I'm so stuck in anxiety in that moment, I can't do anything. I'm just stuck, just sitting there while I hear everyone outside doing their work and maybe chopping wood for the fire, and I'm just stuck and kind of in a panic about what to do next, and I just can't do it. I'm just overwhelmed. But now, when I go camping, 
I just find that I'm hopping out of the car. I'm unrolling the sleeping bags. I'm putting the shoes where they belong. I am moving along. And I still have the thoughts. I can still say, I remember when this is so hard. And I'm just still moving. I'm still doing it. I am okay. And then I remember, ugh, that used to be so hard. And now I'm okay. I can do it. And I give myself a break. And I give myself compassion. And I can even just say to my husband, you know what? My brain has stopped working and I need some help. And he would just do it. I don't have to do it all. And I can and I have just said, I'm not going camping. I just don't even want to be in that space anymore. I don't want to have that situation of being so anxious about everything. But like this, the goddess that I talk about, she can look back and she can say, I remember how that was. And I see how I am now and things are so much better and I can handle this now. I can do this thing. I'm not anxious. I remember what it used to feel like, but now it doesn't even define me in any way. Well, her God made her whole, not riddled with anxiety. And she is at that perfect godly form now. We're talking about after Earth life when she's gained her reward. She has perfect faith and trust, yet allows the growth for those not quite there yet. She will be all-knowing, which takes away fear considerations, because anxiety is all about the future, right, and what has to happen. But when you're all-knowing, you don't even need to have concerns and considerations about the future, because you already know everything, so you don't even have to have fear as a part of your life. Ultimately, she is not fear. She is pure love. I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others you think would benefit. And I hope that you can live a faith-filled, trusting life that unfolds naturally and playfully and delightfully.